Have you noticed the days are long, the nights are alive, and there's excitement in the air? And this is not just because birds are twittering and flowers are blooming. This summer, many in North America are emerging after a year-long lockdown. The national parks are overrun. More visitors than they've seen in years. Even though gas prices are much higher, people are getting out and about as COVID numbers have dropped dramatically. Many, like my wife and I, are seeing family we haven't seen in over a year. Often, it's not the destination that is remembered, though a national park is fun, but it's the time that we spend with each other that will create bonds and form lasting memories. More importantly, vacations allow us to openly talk about God with all members of our families. Together, families can look at the world that Jesus created. We can reflect in his redeeming power. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. We're in a series, a second week in a series called In the Footsteps of Peter. People change. You just have to give them the opportunity. That's a quote, not from a famous pastor or a theologian. It's not a Bible verse either. It's from a man named Chris Buckley, a former Ku Klux Klan Imperial Nighthawk. He worked security for the Klan in between his four tours in the U.S. military, and he thought he knew what the world was like, who he should hate, and who he should love. But he was given an opportunity to change. His mentor brought him to a number of shelters in downtown Los Angeles where Chris could sit down and speak with people he had been taught to hate. It ended with him in tears, weeping because of the pain he now understood to be caused by hate groups like the KKK. He disavowed the white supremacist movement and committed his life to helping others out of it too. People change. They just need the opportunity. The story of Peter in the Bible shows us a very similar trajectory. No, he wasn't part of a hate group like Chris Buckley, but Peter grew up in a time and place that taught him the Israelites were superior to anyone else. It wasn't true, and it isn't taught in the Old Testament, but there were influential groups in his day who taught it. They looked down on Samaritans, like the Samaritan woman in John 4, who was amazed that Jesus even spoke to her. Jewish men were supposed to hate Samaritan women, all Samaritans for that matter, and they looked down on Gentiles. In the temple, there was a sign between the court of the Gentiles and the Jewish courts warning any Gentiles from going too far, lest the Lord strike them down. Peter had converted to Christ early on. He began following him as a disciple. And eventually, he came to learn that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, who had come to rescue his people once and for all. But Peter still needed to be converted to a way of life that included and also loved the Gentiles and the non-Israelites. I want us to learn more about this in the next few minutes together. But first, I want us to hear a song, a song that speaks to this or I should say, sings to this, with Meredith Andrews. The gospel changes everything 
the turning point in history. Even now it's changing me from who I was. The story of my Savior calls me to the wonder of the cross. The gospel changes everything, and it is changing. Gospel changes everything. The turning point in history, and even now it's changing me from who I was. The story of my Savior calls me to the wonder of the cross. The gospel changes everything, and it is changing me. You saved my soul by your blood, and I'm
Opening the program Haven Today, the gospel changes everything, sung for us by Meredith Andrews here on A Haven Today called In the Footsteps of Peter. We're following in this famous apostle's footsteps again this week, and we're in Acts chapter 10, where we witness Peter's second conversion, his conversion to loving the Gentiles. David Suchet talks about this conversion in his documentary, Called in the Footsteps of Peter. In the book of Acts, Peter comes to realize that the death and resurrection of Jesus was not just for the Jews. It was meant to usher in a new age of social inclusion for Jews and non-Jews alike. Peter was about to convert the first Gentile. And, as historian Gil Gambash explained, in a world in which the emperor of Rome was worshipped as a god, this was no ordinary convert, but a Roman centurion called Cornelius, stationed in the Mediterranean garrison town of Caesarea. So what would it have meant for a Roman centurion to be converted to this new, new faith? For the time that we are talking about, this is revolutionary. Really? Yes. Once a person like Cornelius is accepting the Christian belief, he cannot remain tolerant or syncretistic or all-embracing in the way that he used to. Actually, he wouldn't have then worshipped the emperor. Exactly. The Jews managed to solve this in various ways and came to terms with the Roman authorities, but the Christians had a harder time. Do you think it would have been a big moment for the Jesus movement at that time to have a Roman centurion wanting to convert? We're talking about a movement that starts from within Judaism and that during that moment, this movement is debating whether to stay within Judaism or to emerge out into the Gentile world. Now this involves two very significant moves. One, to accept people who are not circumcised and two, to be able to eat non-kosher food. Yes. Very, very basic, very simple. Once Peter comes here and accepts into this new movement a Gentile, a non-circumcised person who is probably also eating non-kosher food, yes. Then this movement takes a very significant turn, uh, and from this point onward, the entire Gentile communities yes. of the Mediterranean are fair game. Well, I mean, we talk about Cornelius, but it's a huge moment for Peter. I think that's exactly the way we have to imagine it, by the audience to which this story is turned. And this is a double audience. Yeah. One, Christians. Yes. Right? So one message to them, and then the other message to the rest of the Roman world. Look a distinguished citizen of this town, a pagan, a centurion, this kind of person is converting. So all of you out there who are considering this can imagine that this is doable, definitely. It's a big moment. All round. Originally produced for the BBC, that's a moment from in the footsteps of Peter with David Suchet, the British actor, born as a Jew, meeting Jesus as his Messiah, as an adult. He's also the one who narrates the Jesus Storybook Bible. I know that as you watch this film, your faith will grow. You'll see that if the Lord could use a fisherman like Peter to bring great revival into the world, he could use you and me as well. Would you call us after this program? Would you make your fiscal year-end gift to the ministry, but ask for in the footsteps of Peter? 
We're only two weeks away from our deadline, and we really could use your help in making our budget this year. Call us after the program. Make your fiscal year-end gift to Haven today, but ask for in the footsteps of Peter. We're about a week away from our deadline, and we really need to hear from you to make our budget call this June. Here's the number to call in a few minutes. 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online. Watch the trailer to In the Footsteps of Peter. You can make your gift for the DVD at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And if you'd like to see both In the Footsteps of Peter, as well as In the Footsteps of Paul, we have both DVD documentaries in a special bundle for your minimum year-end gift to Haven Today. Ask about it when you call or read more about it when you go online. Now, let's go to God's Word together. Let's hear about this amazing moment in church history found in Acts chapter 10, read for us by David Suchet. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened, and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out, asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you are looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, We have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. Then Peter invited the men into the house to be his guests. People change. They just need the opportunity. We would want to edit that statement just a bit, wouldn't we? People change. They just need the opportunity and the Lord working that change from the inside. Peter needed to be converted. But converted from what? He still saw the world as a division between the clean and the unclean. Remember when Jesus called him in Luke 5? Peter fell on his knees and confessed that he himself was an unclean man. The vision wasn't just about food. It was about people. Peter thought there were clean people, people who were eligible for the gospel message and salvation, and then there were those unclean people, people 
he would never associate with as a Jew. He needed to be converted out of that way of thinking. Jesus Christ, when he lived and died and rose again, broke down all the dividing walls of hostility between Jew and Gentile alike. It united all people under his banner. Peter needed to be converted out of the clean, unclean mindset that he had been born into. But you know what? So do we. We might not say it, but there are people in the world that we think are just too unclean to be saved. Now, in some places, these lines are drawn on the political side. If you're a Republican, then Democrats are unclean. If you're a Democrat, Republicans are unclean. Depending on which political party you align with, you might be the ideal Christian for some, but just the opposite of a Christian to others. It's, I fear, the clean, unclean mindset. And it stains the way that we treat each other. Peter wasn't willing to associate with Gentiles because of this. He was ignoring the Lord's call to be his witness to all people and not just Israelites. It's a call for us to associate and to love those who are not like us. The Lord's love isn't hindered by political lines or racial lines. He calls us to love and to serve all people, no matter how unclean we may think they are. Peter needed to be converted away from this way of thinking, and he needed to be converted to the Lord's way of life. Kill and eat. That was the command in Peter's vision. He was seeing animals that the Old Testament forbade Jews to eat. Jesus was telling him that those laws had run their course. But he was also calling Peter to live his life out of that unclean, clean way of thinking. Don't call what I've made clean, unclean. This happened three times. And then on the third time, there are a lot of threes in Peter's life. The meaning of the vision was made clear. Peter was thinking about what he had seen, and at that very moment, messengers from Cornelius, a Gentile, came knocking at his door. The Lord had sent them to find the apostle, to bring Peter to their home, so that he could share the gospel with Gentiles. But first, Peter needed this second conversion. Don't call what I've made clean, unclean. Christ's work on the cross broke down the barriers between all people. And while he walked on earth, he showed us what that means. It means intentionally finding and serving the underserved, the forgotten, and the mistreated. It means thinking about who you have hated or have been taught to hate and turning to them in love instead. Three times Peter heard this message with his vision of unclean animals Kill and eat didn't mean kill other people, of course. It meant go out and fully associate with them, partake of their lives as you would your own. That was the Lord's words to Peter. And it's also the Lord's words to us. No one is out of reach of God's grace. No one is unclean in that sense. Everyone should hear this gospel message. Everyone should come to cast themselves on the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord, he is generous with his grace. Otherwise, we might be lost forever. He welcomed us in 
with open arms, even though we really are unclean. In our sin, we needed the right approach. But there's this good news. Jesus came to us. He came to us and brought us near, just like the Lord found Peter and called him to be near, just like he came to Peter in a vision and changed Peter's heart. The Lord draws near, and by the Spirit, he draws us to the Father. And it's all on the basis of Christ's love for us, a love that saves us from our sin and that saves us from our hate. It's a love that frees us to love. We love because he first loved us. We will stop and help when someone's in a bind. If we see a need, we'll try to make the time. And while others think of reasons not to love, we love because he first loved us. We are quick to say I'm sorry when we're wrong. And instead of holding grudges, we today in the footsteps of Peter. Last week, and now this week, we've been listening to moments from the documentary called In the Footsteps of Peter. David Suchet does quite the job in taking us to various places and talking with experts to help us better understand who Peter was and how he was so dramatically changed by his Lord. I'm David Suchet, and I'm in search of one of the most puzzling characters in history. A simple first-century fisherman who somehow became the founding father of the most powerful Christian church on earth. Wow, look at these. We know him as Saint Peter, mentioned more times in the New Testament than anyone except Jesus. Peter's character and what motivates him has always intrigued me. In this series, I'll be uncovering fragments of tradition and half-whispered traces of Peter's life revealing surprising new discoveries and theories about the man who shaped a faith that came to dominate Western civilization. Originally produced for the BBC, In the Footsteps of Peter is hosted by David Suchet. 
The British actor who played Hercule Poirot on the BBC, the Agatha Christie mystery series, and he also narrates the Jesus Storybook Bible. I know that as you watch this film, your faith will grow. You'll see that if the Lord could take a simple fisherman from the Galilee like Peter to help lead a great revival in the world, the greatest revival that started and founded the church of Jesus Christ, that means he can use you and me as well. Would you call us right now? Would you make your gift to Haven today and ask for in the footsteps of Peter? The number to call is 800 2836 865 Haven. Or go online. Watch the trailer we've put up there and make your gift for the DVD at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And remember, if you want both documentaries in the footsteps of Peter that we're offering this year and in the footsteps of Paul that we offered last year, we have both of those DVDs in a special bundle for your minimum fiscal year-end gift to the ministry. Ask about the bundle when you call or read more about it when you go online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again we get to share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What do you do when your spouse or kids aren't home on time? Do you start imagining worst-case scenarios? It doesn't take much to move us from confidence to fear, does it? And when that happens, we're not operating out of faith. We're operating from fear. And we are all prone to this. Even Jesus' own disciples became too easily fearful. That's why Jesus made them this promise in John 14. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And if you belong to Jesus, that's true for you today. The Holy Spirit is in you. You're not alone. God is with you. We need those daily reminders of God's love, what he's done for us. That's why Anchor Devotional is so valuable for so many people. Start getting yours in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.